This episode of Mining Stock Daily is brought to you by Pacific Empire Minerals, a company focused on gold-enriched copper deposits in British Columbia. Follow the latest at pemcorp.ca. Hey everybody, welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. This is a um, kind of a late afternoon, early evening uh, market commentary. And I'm welcoming back Uranium Insider, Mr. Justin Hewn. Uh, Justin, we are going to talk Uranium. I promise you we're going to talk Uranium. I promise the listeners we're going to talk Uranium. But you and I were talking back and forth before we press record about everything happening with these short squeezes turned into gamma squeezes. And we were just like, we should record this conversation <laughs> because I just, <laughs> I mean, we're on the verge of, like I said, one hand, it's like, this is some scary shit going on here. But on the mm. other hand, it's kind of remarkable. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, I think taking long positions in stocks that that have large short positions for the with with the thesis of of squeezing the shorts and have you know them covering you know moving your your long position up is uh it's not anything new but i think just the the accessed information and the ability to spread that information quickly globally with millions of people is is just making it a whole nother whole nother ball game i i'm just i'm beside myself i can't even believe what i'm seeing it's it's absolutely insane i i was there were, i was gonna do so many things today outside of the podcast and i haven't done any of them because i've just been watching <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating it truly is i mean i i think that you know i think going after a highly shorted stock um in this manner seems like it's kind of it, it's sort of fresh right with the wall street bets and and reddit and and just a huge a huge number of, you know, probably largely kind of millennial retail traders using Robinhood. Um, th- that seems like kind of a fresh idea, but I think the seed was planted last year with a huge number of new traders on Robinhood just piling into Tesla, for example, mm-hmm. Tesla call options, squeezing the shorts, and, and the stock has just gone to valuations that don't make any sense. So I think the idea was there, and then uh, it's just gone to another level. It's just it's an, it's absolutely wild. I, I posed posed this question to you before we press record, but I didn't. You know, let's let, let's have you answer this and give me your thoughts here. So I've been wondering sure. just about like the timing of this, given that the digital medium of Reddit or social media or however, like it's. It's not necessarily new by anything, right? Like we've, those platforms have been there for a very long time. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been a lot of users on these platforms for quite number for a quite long time. Mm-hmm. It just makes you wonder, like, why the first couple of weeks of January 2021 are we mm-hmm. starting to see this big push into, like, you know, like it's like break down the walls, let them crumble, right? Why now? I. I d- I don't know. I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, there's so much going on politically. Uh, you, you kind of have to wonder, um, I mean, without getting into kind of the conspiracy theorist side of things, but I mean, who knows? Because what's the response to what happened today and yesterday? It's like they're talking about 
about uh, you know shutting down the market and and all of these brokerages are getting squeezed at the same time. These positions that are getting uh, margin calls on from these funds are they're so big that it's affecting the brokerages as well. You know, it's going to if this type of thing continues, it's likely going to lead to new regulations. Um, so who, who really knows? I, to, to answer you, I don't know. I don't know why this timing, but you know, I, it's highly likely that new regulations are coming if this sort of thing continues and that potentially could be something behind the why now. I don't know. Well, it'd be interesting to see what the reaction would be to these new regulations. Right. <laughs> or if they'd even right. be, if, if they, if, I mean, I, I, there probably are regulations coming down the pipeline. That's that wouldn't be surprising, sure. but to see what they are and how quickly they are implemented and put in place, right? That's I think that's a whole nother story to see how effective it would be, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just have to see how it plays out, but it's <laughs> it's been fascinating to watch. That's for sure. All right. Well, just a quick update. There is talk from Wall Street Bets about. Um, kind of fighting the short on silver, specifically the SLV ETF. Uh, I'll be watching that here pretty closely tomorrow, Justin. So I know you also invest in, put your money into precious metals and precious metal stocks. So um, I'm sure you'll be glued to your computer screen tomorrow, much like I am. Indeed. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk uh, uranium. Uh, We'd love to have you on once a month to give us the latest rundown from the uranium markets. Uh, we've had a nice run up, uh, you know, from December uh, into early January, a little bit of a kind of just consolidation here. I would seems like in a lot of the uh, uranium equities. Uh, so let's just get your quick rundown of what you're seeing here. Yeah, I, I think we're seeing a, uh, you know, just kind of a nice consolidation, a little bit of a pullback here as the market quiets down. Um, I think that the the big run up in December is starting to we're starting to see a bit of profit taking from that general broad market weakness today, and uh, in general the broad market's kind of resting as well. So it looks so far it's been pretty healthy, I would say, and it's kind of was what to be expected based on the fact that the spot market hadn't really moved to spur the big rally that we had in December. Um, so kind of treated it as not necessarily a seasonality trade, but expecting that the rally would consolidate at some point if the spot market didn't catch up with the with the equity moves and so far it hasn't the spot market is still sitting at around 30 bucks a pound which it's been uh for many months at this point it's gone up and down a little bit but the volumes are negligible it's you know less than a half a million pounds traded this month so far Hmm. it's uh it's it's almost nothing and that's just traded that's that's not end users procuring uranium that's you know just going back and forth between traders so the volume's not there and the fact the prices is is staying there i always see that as a positive sign if we see big volumes come in of buying and the price starts to fall then that would be a that would be a negative sign but the opposite is basically what's happened over the past um, you know couple of years now whenever there's buying volume comes in the thinness of the spot market shows itself and the price moves upward pretty substantially and sometimes pretty quickly. So at this point, we're just expecting uh, the spot market to kind of hang around this area until some volume comes in. And I think that uh, that's going to happen probably later in February, potentially March. But I do expect the I don't think we see much downside here in spot. 
Mm-hmm. I think if spot stays flat and the market and the broad market continues to kind of chop, we might see a little bit more downside from here in the equities. But I don't expect a huge downside unless there's some kind of liquidity event. Um, but I honestly think like any weakness now and over the next, let's say, three to six weeks or so uh, would be a good buying opportunity because this next leg up is definitely going to happen when we start to see some volume come in. And that primarily is going to be coming from Cameco and Kazadamprom who both need to do some purchasing in the spot market this mm. year. Okay, so uh, just to wrap what you just said, you think that that big move we saw in the recent weeks was more of a speculative move, less than a seasonality move? You know, it was a bit of both, I would say, because it primarily came from uh, the, the Uranium thesis mm-hmm. hitting a new audience. And that that primary new audience was the, uh, the Bear Traps report from Larry McDonald that went out on December 3rd. Uh, the article was then picked up by Zero Hedge and uh, that went out, you know, to a million people. So it's it's it was just a whole new audience and fresh faces to see to see this thesis. And the Bear Traps report goes largely to institutional followers. So I think that we saw some institutional money come into the space in December, judging by the volume. So it was a lot more than just retail kind of riding a seasonality wave. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to see. The, the equities not sell off too hard here. We'd like to see spot move in the next month or two. And we'd like to see those volumes uh, continue to come into the space. And ideally, I th- if we think what is happening is happening, which is the potential for hedge funds to be positioning in the equities prior to accumulating pounds in the market of uranium, that's that would be a, a great follow through on what we think could be happening right now uh we'd like to see that this year so looking out for that for sure so you are uh kind of sending to your subscribers the idea that it's kind of a uh, buy the dip type of uh, opportunity here yeah i think any weakness in the next month or two is really kind of our last chance uh potentially to get in at at quote unquote cheap valuations for these stocks if we see spot really make a good move after that which i believe that we will then we're just going to, you know, we're going to keep making higher lows, higher highs. I, I think we're officially in a bull market. So that's to be expected is, you know, these these pullbacks should be making higher lows. If they don't, then that's a reversal of the trend. And we, But I don't expect that to happen unless the spot market falls substantially, which I don't think is going to happen either. Okay. So, yes, that's that's essentially what we're saying to our members is, you know, if you're not fully positioned yet, uh, look out in the next couple of months if we see some weakness and give them buy targets. And that's uh, that's what we're looking out for to to add to positions or continue to scale in. Are we starting to see any uh, new uranium exploration plays come onto the market and available? Like we, you know, when gold was making a big run up last year, we saw a lot of new gold equities become available and, and started trading. Are we seeing the same thing in uranium now? The main, the main one that's come out in the past, six or eight months is a uh, baseload energy. This is um, the ticker is find F I N D on the TSXV. And that is uh, the CEO of baseload is James Sykes. He's the discoverer of the aero deposit for next gen. He's also um, the VP of exploration for Appia energy. And James, is, he's just a really sharp, um, he's a really sharp geologist and he's responsible for discovering, or at least playing a part in discovering over half a billion pounds in the Athabasca. So he's got this new venture called Baseload Energy, and the company is sort of run by this gentleman named Stephen Stewart, who runs this group called the Ore Finders Group with a number of other companies under their umbrella. 
And they they look like they have a pretty good thing going. I re- the share structure is great. I like the management. They've got all the right pieces in play. And I know that they're working on getting their first drill program going for the coming months for a property called the Shadow Property. And it's an it's an unconventional property in the Athabasca in that it's just outside the basin in a different type of geology that ideally would be hosting basement rock, uh, basement hosted mineralized uranium ore, uh, but closer to surface. So it wouldn't be underneath hundreds of meters of sandstone like MacArthur River or Cigar Lake where they have to implement these freeze walls in order to access the, uh, the mineralized ore. So this is kind of his big theory. He's really pointing at the fences with this one, calling his shot. He thinks that that there's a lot of uranium there. They've yet to put a drill in the ground yet, but that's kind of the big speculative play as far as new exploration companies when it comes to uranium. Yeah, we know Stephen Stewart well here on the podcast. He's a friend, been on here a couple times over the last couple of years. Nice. So, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, know Stephen well. Uh, we'll be sure to maybe follow up with Baseload here in the future, see if they want to come on for an update. Uh, Justin, let's you know you and I usually like to talk a little bit of uh, political you know, the politics of uranium and uranium energy. Uh, On policy side, I haven't talked to you since the new administrations came in on the federal side. Uh, Any sort of news from the Biden administration uh, or uh, Congress on really pushing uranium forward? I mean, obviously, we've heard a lot of news from executive orders pushing clean tech on the federal level. Mm -hmm. What about uranium? Mm -hmm. There, from what I've seen, there hasn't been anything specific to uranium, but it doesn't seem like they have yet to negate what was put in uh, by the Trump administration. It seems to me that there's still uh, it's still seventy five million dollars annually for the um, for the what is it the uranium reserve that's supposedly still in play, uh, which should happen this coming year if it's approved by the budget. So that's still in play. And there's definitely rhetoric around supporting clean energy and nuclear appears to be part of that in a bipartisan way. So I haven't seen anything specific that is, let's say, a continuation of support for uranium mining specifically, uh, besides that uh, that maintaining of the $75 million for the, for the reserve. But it doesn't look like they are, as of yet, negating anything that was put in by the Trump administration when it comes to uranium mining yet. So uh, fingers crossed on that front, but it does seem like overall the rhetoric coming out of the new administration is obviously in support of clean energy, and it appears that nuclear will be included in that. So I'm expecting that it will be generally supportive. And honestly, the most important thing with all of this when it comes to you know, the, the politics at play is supporting existing reactors. So we want the reactors to be in an environment of support so they don't you know, close down early. That's a hit to demand. And we ideally, we don't want to see that, uh, you know, from an investment standpoint or from a clean energy and environmental standpoint. Uh, Justin, my dog's here telling me it's time to probably leave the studio and start my <laughs> evening. Uh, I don't know if you can hear her whining here in the background. <laughs> but, I can't, but all good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's really good to catch up with you. Happy new year, my friend. And, uh, look forward to just a, a really great, uh, spectacular 2021 for the, for the uranium industry. And, uh, it's good to be following your lead here and uh, appreciate everything you do, not only for the podcast, but also for your subscribers. 
Thank you so much, Trevor. I appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk. Yeah. That's Justin Hewn. He is the uh, publisher of Uranium Insider. Uh, you can reach him at Uranium Insider on Twitter, uh, ping him for any questions, and uh, maybe inquire about a subscription to a newsletter. All right, everybody, that's it for us this evening. We will be back tomorrow morning with the briefing. Get some sleep, everybody. Be well. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.